You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode number 164. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for ladies who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, wife, and mom of four. Each week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, and this episode is going to be a little bit of a shorter one, but don't make the mistake of thinking that because it's shorter that it's not going to be valuable. Uh, We're going to dive into some valuable things today that you can start to directly apply to your journey and how you are thinking about your journey, how you're speaking to yourself about your journey, and why this is going to make such a difference in the long run. But before I do that, I do need to say a big, huge thank you and a big shout out to those of you who either follow or subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Apple just changed it. So now you follow a podcast. You don't subscribe to a podcast, but whatever platform you're listening on, following the podcast, subscribing the podcast, it really does make a difference. And it's awesome for you because you get everything automatically downloaded. So when we do things like bonus episodes or extra things, they automatically get downloaded to your phone and you don't miss an episode. And then an extra special thank you to those of you who have left a rating and review on iTunes. That absolutely really helps the podcast to continue to grow. It helps people to find the podcast. So if you have not done that yet, I ask that you just take like two to three minutes and just leave a rating and review on iTunes. It really does help the podcast. Okay, so moving into today's topic. This is a really important thing that I want you to start watching for in the way that you speak in the way that you think, in the way that you are speaking to yourself. And as I have been coaching longer and longer, I started coaching in 2016. And I will tell you, for those of you who are listening who are coaches yourself, growth over the time and period that you're coaching is is not only uh, important, but it's actually essential for you to continue to up-level your coaching and your abilities. And I can tell you personally that who I was as a coach in 2016 is incredibly different from who I am as a coach, you know, here in 2021 when I'm recording. And frankly, I hope in five, 10 years from now, I'll say the same thing. I'll look back and, and realize how much I've grown and how much of a better coach I am and how, uh, how I'm better at getting people the results that they are signing up for. And one of the things that I have learned over the years in coaching is to really pay attention to clients' language to pay attention to the words that clients are using, to pay attention to how they are expressing themselves, um, because it is you know, one of the best reflections that we have as an outside source of what's going on internally, of what's happening in someone's head. I cannot read anybody's mind. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm really trying hard, <laughs> but I'm not to that point where I can actually read somebody's thoughts as I am coaching them. And I, and I doubt that I'll ever get there. I don't think that's going to be, I don't think that's a gift that I'm going to have. So 
but I know that I need to coach from a, from a deeper place. I need to coach not from, and I've talked about this before. It's really important as a coach that you are coaching, not only from the actions that you are seeing, but from the underlying beliefs that are causing those actions. And in order to figure out what those underlying beliefs are, I have to kind of get into somebody's head, get into the way that they are speaking to themselves, the thoughts that they are having, the beliefs that they are having. But the tricky thing is, is that most people don't speak those beliefs. They don't, no one goes around and says, Amber, here are my beliefs. Help me work through them. That's not how it, that's not how beliefs show up for us. It it is something that is inside of our head and we don't necessarily verbalize it or say, say the words that would let somebody know that those are our beliefs. And so as a coach, I have to be somewhat of a detective to try and figure out and tease out what those beliefs actually are. And one of the ways that I do that is through paying attention to the language and the words that someone is using as they are communicating with me. And so today I want to share with you with something that I look for and listen for in in a client's language that you can start to apply to your journey and you can start to listen for it in the way that you are speaking to yourself and can start to shift out of of this this way of, of looking at things that can be a really powerful shift for a lot of women. So what we what I'm looking for as a coach, one of the things that I'm looking for, you know, I'm I'm looking at a lot of things, but one of the things that I am listening for as I'm listening to someone speak is what I call pressure language. Pressure language shows up in language that creates pressure. We all know what it feels like to be pressured to do something. Right? It's very different if you're like, oh, I want to go and fold the laundry. <laughs> That's a very different situation than if your child or your spouse or somebody else is pressuring you into doing something. There's a difference between you making a decision to doing something and being pressured from outside sources, outside individuals to do something. And we all know in general, <laughs> as humans, as adults, most of us would rather decide to do something rather than feel like someone's pressuring you into doing it. We tend to not like to feel pressured to make decisions. We don't want somebody else telling us what to do. We don't want uh, other people making us do something that we don't want to do. That tends to put up resistance. When somebody tells you to do something, a lot of times, many of us will have resistance to that because, hey, we don't want to be told what to do. We want to make the decision and we want to decide what to do. Sometimes that pressure, though, doesn't come from an external source. It doesn't come from another person or another situation. It comes from ourself. That pressure can often come from us. And it's sneaky in that way because we will often use pressure language in our thoughts or in the way that we are speaking to ourselves Because on some level, we feel like if we have that pressure, it's going to incentivize us to do it. But you already know from experiences where you feel pressure from somebody else, sometimes, yes, maybe a little bit of pressure can be positive. But most of the time, when we start getting pressure, most of us don't perform the best under pressure. Like nobody's getting up and giving an, you know, who's been given an award and is like, I would really like to thank everybody putting a lot of pressure on me because that allowed me to perform my very best. (laughs) Okay. So it just, it's a little bit like stress that like some stress can be good and a lot of stress can be detrimental, detrimental. That's a hard word. But when it comes to pressure, 
it's often the same way. And we tend to put, most of us tend to put more pressure on ourselves to perform than is actually beneficial to raise our, our level of, um, execution. And so on, on some level, we think that by pressuring ourselves, we're getting better results. And in reality, for most of us, when we feel pressure, we shut down and we don't actually perform better. And so paying attention to the words that you are using and looking for this pressure language that I'm going to be describing can be very helpful in helping you dial that back and come into a more empowered place in your journey to not be pressured to do things, but to actually make a choice of your, your own free will and, and being able to feel empowered as you make that choice. So what does pressure language actually sound like? The biggest way that pressure language shows up for people is in the form of the word should. Now it can be other derivations of should, I must, um, I need, those are kind of I carry the similar like pressure behind them. But for many of us, the word should is the word that shows up a lot. I should be working out. I should be counting my macros. I should be. How many times have you said those words to yourself of some form? It's very common. And again, we have to have a little compassion with ourselves. We, like we, the reason we use those words is because on some, on some level, we think that it's motivating. Like if we say, I should be eating healthier, we feel like maybe that will actually motivate us to do it. But when you take a step back and you zoom out a little bit, we know inherently that pressuring somebody else to do things oftentimes will backfire and actually makes them rebel against it. And we're the same way is that by pressuring ourselves Oftentimes what happens is that we only rebel. So I should be eating healthier, but then do you really do it? Does that actually lead to you eating healthier? So asking yourself that question, like, has it worked in the past? Has sitting there and being like, I should do X, Y, and Z, has that been effective for you in the past? And if it hasn't, well, awesome. Like, what are some other ways that we can approach this? Is there another maybe better way to motivate yourself other than shooting all over yourself? So this exercise that I'm going to take you through is actually going to be much more powerful if you do it alongside of me. So what I'm going to encourage you to do is to think about something maybe recently that you have said, I should do this. I, whatever, whether it's, I should be eating healthier. I should be working out more. I should be more present with my kids. I should be doing, you know, being a leader at work, whatever it is for you, this can work in any area of your life. It doesn't have to only be about fitness, but what is something that maybe you have said recently to yourself is something that you should be doing. And once you've come up with that, I want you to to do a little bit of reflection of how that makes you feel when you say that to yourself. So let's take one that's very, very common. I should be eating healthier. So think about if you're telling yourself, I should be eating healthier, how does that feel when you say it to yourself? Does it feel motivating? For some people, it may. Does it feel defeating? Does it feel um, like it induces guilt or induces shame? Does it feel positive? Does it feel negative? Like, how does that actually feel when you say that to yourself? Now, if you're like, it feels great, it feels amazing, I feel super motivated, and uh, I go and execute and it's all good, then, you know, maybe this is not gonna be valuable for you. But if you're like most, 
where maybe there's a little bit of motivation behind that, but in the reality, what ends up happening is that you stay stuck in the cycle of I should, I should, I should, I should, and then you don't actually ever execute and you stay in that repetitive cycle, then this is going to be really valuable for you. So the first thing that I want you to do is we're just going to start to shift some of the language that you are using. So for whatever you came up with, I should be eating healthy or you fill in whatever your should is currently. I just want you to replace that with the word could. So instead of I should be eating healthy, we say I could be eating healthy, healthier. And I want you to do that for whatever you've come up with and then see how that feels. To me, when I say something like I should be eating healthy, it makes me feel guilty. It makes me feel like I'm not doing a good job. It makes me feel a little bit shameful. And when I just make that slight shift to the word could, I could be eating healthier. It feels like possibility. It feels like I'm opening up possibility, but then I'm not feeling bad about the fact that I'm not doing it. I'm just opening up the door. It's like, I could be doing that. That's awesome. I could be doing it. And then we're going to actually continue that shift. So once we move from should to could, the next shift I'm going to have you make is from could to can. I can be eating healthier. Use whatever you're coming up with. I can work out more. I can lift heavier. I can ask for that promotion at work. I can spend more time with my children. And then check in with yourself. How does that feel to you? When I say the word can, it like takes the possibility that I, that I felt, the opportunity that I felt with the word could, and it like opens it up to the present. So like could is a past tense word, or it feels like a past or a future tense word. I actually don't know if could is a, I don't know. English is not my strong suit, but it's not a present tense word. (laughs) Can is a present tense word where it's like, yes, I can do that. Like I could, I could do that right now. Uh, And it, it feels more immediate. It feels more empowering to me. So try that. Substitute the word should with could, then switch could to can. And then we're gonna do one more powerful shift. And that is the shift to, instead of switching out a word, we're going to add a word. So we're going to say, I can eat healthier. And then what we're going to add is the word because. I can eat healthier because, and then fill in whatever comes up for you. I can eat healthier because I want to. I can eat healthier because I'm in charge of what I put in my mouth. I can eat healthier because I feel better when I do that. Like whatever it is for you, what is the, what is the why behind it? I can do this because I'm in charge. Because whatever it is for you that feels empowering. It feels like you're taking back control of what you want to do next in your journey. So again, this is a, like, this is nothing earth shattering, but it's probably also not anything you've ever actually applied to your journey. And I make this point to my Macros 101 ladies all the time, that there is a difference between learning something and applying that. And a lot of clients uh, initially come into Macros 101 in the student mode. 
Okay, you guys know what I mean when I say the student mode, because most of you have been the student one time in your life, where the whole goal is to be able to assimilate, like assimilate knowledge into your brain and then regurgitate it out on a test. That's literally what our whole schooling system is like. <laughs> Memorize these muscles and then like we're gonna have a test and you're gonna see if you have if you know the muscles. So it's like this regurgitation of knowledge and information. And so a lot of people come into this process with that student mindset of, oh, I just need to learn a little bit more. I need to read more. I need to understand more. And somehow by osmosis, that that knowledge is going to translate into different results. And in reality, knowledge in and of itself, while important, I'm not saying you don't need more knowledge. Knowledge is great. But knowledge without application doesn't actually change anything. And so you can do one of two things. You can listen to this podcast and be like nodding your head and being like, yeah, Amber, that makes a lot of sense. That's, you know, that's a good, a good tool to use. Yes, yes, yes. I get it. I I've processed that. I could regurgitate on a test. If you asked me to like do it, I could do it. And that's not actually going to change anything. (laughs) If you want to start having new results, now we need to start applying the learning that you are doing. So don't make the mistake of being, oh, like this is, this is so simple. Uh, like now that I know it, it's going to change everything. No, we have to actually apply this to your journey. So how are you going to start applying it moving forward? How can you be listening for and looking for pressure language in the way that you're speaking to yourself or even the way that you're talking? How can you catch it when you say those words, I should, or you think those words, I should, and how can you intentionally start to shift to this new, more empowered place of I can because? And when you actually start to implement this, that's when you're going to start seeing changes. That's when you're going to start feeling changes. And that's when results and outcomes are actually going to shift and change as well. This is powerful stuff that I'm teaching you. The application of it in your journey is what's going to make the difference. Just listening to this podcast and checking it off, it's a good step one, but it won't actually change anything until you take this and actually start to apply it to your journey. So that's my challenge to you. How can you apply this moving forward? How can you teach somebody about this? That's also a really good way to start to integrate the knowledge. Teach, learn it, teach it, and then apply it. In fact, many of you know that my husband is a surgeon, and there's a saying in the surgical world that you uh, need to watch one, you need to do one, and then you need to teach one. And when they say one, it's like whatever you're whatever the surgical technique is. You want to watch somebody else do it. You want to do it yourself. And then you want to teach it. So it's that application, right? You can watch somebody do it, but until you've actually executed it, executed it and been able to then pass it on to somebody else, assimilate it in a way that you can now teach it. We all know that we learn deeper when we teach it to somebody that you don't really uh, you don't know on a, on a deeper level. And so that's what I'm going to challenge you to do. Teach this to somebody as well as really start to have the application in your journey. Listen for it. It's probably going to come up more than you think it is because so many of our thoughts are on autopilot and we don't pay attention. Pay attention today. Pay attention to the way that you're speaking to yourself and see if that pressure language comes up. Now, I use the word should in this example because that would, that's probably the most common. But again, this can come up in other derivations. So things like, I need to. I must. Those are other ways that this can show up, especially the I need to. I hear this a lot. I need to lose weight. And if you've ever said that to yourself, consider the energy that is behind the word need and 
how neediness shows up and how inherently most of us push neediness away. Like if somebody is needy, if there's a person in our life who is really needy, that does, that typically does not attract us to them. That really makes us push them away. We've all know that like needy person <laughs> and we tend to push it away. So consider the energy that is behind the word need and how could you shift that again away from that pressure language to in a more empowered language? Uh, so look for this and other, it can be sneaky in the way that this can show up. It's not always in the word should, but there are other ways that pressure language can show up, but look, listen, listen for it, listen for the pressure language and start to consciously shift that and see how that plays out in your journey and what a difference it makes. Thanks for being here. I mean, we're on like 160 episodes of Biceps After Babies Radio, and I just want to take a moment to thank you for being here. The podcast is one of my most favorite things that I get to do, and it's so fun for me to hear of how it's impacting your life. So if this hit home, if this was something that was an aha moment for you or that you want to apply in your journey, uh, if you will, either send this episode to someone who would find value of it or post on your social media and tag me and let me know how you are actually applying this, that you're not just learning, but you're actually applying it. And that, my friends, is what makes all the difference. So that's it. It's a shorter episode today, but don't let it fool you because this can be powerful if applied to your journey. That wraps up this episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember, my friend, you can do anything. Hold up, sister friend. Do you love Biceps After Babies Radio? If so, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. I know every podcaster wants you to leave a review, but it's because those reviews help the podcast to reach more people. And I do truly want to know what you think. If this particular episode resonated with you, will you also please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your friends and family why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at biceps.after.babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.